Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. Hope you had a great weekend. Mine was horrific. No, I'm kidding. Actually, it was, it was pretty bad. I'm, I'm recovering from uh, sickness, and just bear with me today. Um, we're trying to connect with a guest in Southern California, a first-time guest. His name is Neil Mammon. Remember about a month ago, we had um, Kevin McGarry on. And he was the co-founder of Every Black Life Matters. Well, Neil Mammon is the, also one of the other co-founders, both from California. And he's also an author. So much that he's got in his background. But uh, we're waiting to connect with him. So I will let you know as soon as we can get a hold of him out there in SoCal. Um, so I, I just uh, still am learning my lesson. At my age, I still have not learned. I've learned I'm trying to learn to say no to things, but I'm not good at that. So <laughs> got back from the conference uh, in Oklahoma last week, uh, pastors, Liberty pastors. I should have taken a day off Thursday or Friday. I did not. I came back. I pounded the pavement. I just got back to work and did as much as I could. So Friday when I left here, Friday afternoon, I was just feeling just weary, just kind of exhausted. And I mean, no surprise, right? The human body can only take so much and work so much. So, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> I could use your prayers. Um, so I, I got a fever Friday night, 101. So 102, 103 is the high, right? That's when you should go get checked. 101, I'm thinking, all right, let me keep an eye on this. I was taking um, just all these supplements. And so I increased vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, and I, I started taking elderberry again and all these things to strengthen the immune system, right? Because I take a lot of stuff anyway, turmeric. And um, so what happened was I, I must have, I took one Aleve because I kind of had a little backache from a little cough. Saturday, I was just miserable. I had to cancel a speaking engagement. Um, so very disappointing. I don't, I don't remember ever having to do that, cancel uh, preaching. I mean, I've preached with... Um, um, uh, what do you call it when you have a tooth that needs to be pulled, an infection? Oh my goodness! But I've never canceled a speaking engagement until Saturday, so kind of a, a, a bad first for me. But anyway, I got this rash. This rash broke out all over my body from my thighs all the way up to my collarbone and neck area, and I think it's from. I only took one Aleve, but either my body was fighting something off or. It interacted with some all these supplements I was taking. So, yeah, I did a little too much probably. So all that to say, maybe that'll be a lesson to you guys too. Don't overdo it with the supplements or the uh, you know the things that build the immune system, right? So anyway, um, let me um, share something that's going on tonight. Oh, by the way, oh then yesterday. So yesterday I had a rash all day long. Yesterday, right? So this this rash is it's hot, makes your body feel hot. It kind of makes your, your skin sensitive, so your body is hot from the rash, and yet you're, you feel cold because the skin is so sensitive. Do you, under, do you know what that's like? So that was all day yesterday, and I couldn't take anything, and, and here comes the cough, right? So I started coughing. Every time I cough, my, my back, mid-back and low-back hurt. It's like I'm being punched in the back when I cough, so it was really sore, but I couldn't take anything for the pain, and... Um, what else? Also, couldn't take anything from the cough, couldn't take anything from the pain. So Sunday, yesterday was a miserable day. Today is better. I'm here sitting in this chair. I'm doing okay except for my throat. And I, and, and I, I talk for a living, so go figure. Um, God is good. God is good. Hey, uh, I got to tell you about an event coming up tonight. I've got something, the Fox Valley Initiative. If you're in Wisconsin, um, it's, it's a program for this coming Monday. That's well tonight, Monday night, 6.30 p.m., at Freedom Project Academy. The issues discussed, 2020 election issues, freedom of speech, critical race theory, K-12 through curriculum, transparency, transparency, forced vaccinations, and whether our schools will be closed down again. Fortunately, 
uh, we're dealing with these these agendas, and we know we know what's going on. We know what's what the push is behind them. This is not a surprise to us. So it looks like Senator Roger Roth will be there. Um, this is at Freedom Project Academy in Appleton. Um, who else? I thought. Okay. Anyway, th- this is a Fox Valley initiative at six thirty. You want to get out more information? Call Freedom Project Academy, and they're going to be discussing these issues. Fox Valley conservative forum i believe is the group behind this just wanted to share that with you um what else do we have here oh i've got a friend um from new york who did an event um a couple weeks ago and oh my goodness are you hearing that are we hearing that sorry guys this is just one of those days man the enemy is working overtime trying to frustrate us but uh he doesn't succeed he won't succeed truth wins and uh, Jesus has overcome. Let's just say that right now. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We are more than conquerors. We are world overcomers. We can do all things through Christ. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under our feet. Romans 16, 20, and so many more scriptures. We've not been given a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So my friend in New York, I just got to know him. He's a listener to Stand Up For The Truth. He's trying to bring back the black-robed regiment, and he's trying to encourage people to get involved in this process of getting back to Christian influence. And remember I told you uh, this Wednesday, one of the segments from the Liberty Pastors Conference I went to in Edmond, Oklahoma last week, is um, Dran Reese, her name is. She's the president of the Salt and Light Council. She'll be speaking this Wednesday on Stand Up For The Truth. Um, I also have, I think, Dan Fisher and um, one other. It escapes me right now. But anyway, so we really need to be ready to address these things. And my concern, and I know you're concerned about this, the emails I get from you, the comments I get from you guys, is why aren't our churches addressing these issues? these problems. Why aren't people being prepared? You can be taught the Word of God, which is wonderful, and I hope it's sound doctrine at your church. But my concern is our churches, our leaders, our shepherds, our watchmen on the wall are not looking out for the flock and preparing them totally for what's happening in our culture. And my concern is a lot of people will be taken, I hopefully not by surprise, but a lot of people will be shocked when, when more of this starts happening. I mean, already you've got people in the church going, where on earth did, did this all, all this transgender movement come from? Well, this has been in the works for decades. I've said many times on this podcast, the LGBTQIA++++, the T has already been built in, right? This is their moment, this, this, this time, this decade, to roll it out, thanks to Oprah, thanks to um, Caitlyn Jenner and others. (coughs) So John Ahern is his name. We're going to talk to him um, in the third segment, I think, today. He did an event a few weeks ago. God bless him. It it wasn't well attended. I tried to prepare him. I tried to prepare him. He tried to get pastors involved. Um, Hancock, New York is where he's from, New York. And he couldn't get pastors involved in an, an event called We the People. In other words, let's unify. Let's bring godly principles back to our country. Let's put godly leaders back in office. Let's work to make things better and and work for righteousness again. And pastors weren't interested. So I find it very, not surprising, but very disappointing. And I know you guys are disappointed too because I hear from you. But this is where we're at today. Um, Apostasy. We know the church is going to have issues. Uh, Men will be lovers of selves. Men will fall away from the faith. So many predictions throughout Scripture. I think of 2 Timothy 3. I think of Matthew 24. Um, So men will fall away. And leaders, if they are not strong leaders, if they're not leading their flocks, we're going to be in a world of hurt. And it's coming, friends. I mean, religious freedom has been one of the biggest issues on this podcast for the last couple of years. And I don't know where we're at now today because it just seems like the government gives us our rights. And so if the government gives us our rights, they can take away our rights. Isn't that right? So if God gives us our rights, you know, like most of our founders believed, and they did, otherwise they wouldn't have written the exceptional documents that they did, 
if God gives us inalienable rights, in other words, he's our creator and our rights come from him, then no man can take those away or shouldn't try, but they do. Um, But here we are in America, and this is where it's most disappointing, friends. In America, in this country, the land of the free. And I know if you if you're over if you're o- over 35 years old, or 40 over over 40 years old, you're probably saying like I do at times, "Wow, we never thought we would be less free in my lifetime than we've ever been in American history. Less free than ever." So disappointing. So disappointing. Hey, you know what? I want to bring our producer in here, uh, Travis. I just want to get his take on this. He, You're a youngster, brother, and good morning, by the way. Good morning. Um, uh, now, now, would you still be in the millennial category? Yes, I am technically a millennial. So what? It, just what is your take? I know you probably look at things much differently because you're quite a bit younger. Um, what is your take on, you know, we are supposed to be a free country, a free republic? Great. But even what you've seen in your lifetime, I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes where government's gotten bigger, our religious freedoms have been infringed upon, churches have been discriminated against. Just let me get your perspective just for a few minutes. Share what God might put on your heart. Well, I think it's definitely been interesting being a part of the millennial generation just because, you know, I was born in 93. I saw things very differently then than I do now. From the 90s going into the early 2000s to where we are today, things were very different. They changed from having the open flexibility to share your opinion without offending everybody, having the ability to offer to pray for someone without it becoming a physical fight, to now you're not allowed to even mention God, Mm -hmm. not allowed to mention Jesus, not allowed to mention that you're a Christian without offending someone, without them becoming at you physical. I was actually... Just saw a video the other day of a young man who literally just gave his life to Christ, and the pastor offered to baptize him right there, Mm -hmm. surrounded by an entire LGBTQ plus group. How does that work? Well, so from the video (laughs) concept, or from what I saw of it, the kid had been a part of the group. He was a part of it, but he was evangelized too, and God touched him right then and there, and he's like, I want Jesus. I want all this. And so the pastor led him to Christ. Everyone that he had been with in that group got so offended that they started throwing things at him while he's getting baptized in the river. And what frustrates me even more about that is the fact that the police were all standing right there and were not allowed to do anything about it. What do you mean they weren't allowed? Well, because they're considered a organization that <coughs> is a, for lack of better words, they were the ones that were offended and attacked in the earlier years. So therefore, they apparently have the right to get mad and throw things at everyone because they're the ones that were offended and in trouble about it. So they were victims several decades ago, and they've used that victim status to their advantage. And right now, if you talk about who's being bullied in, let's just say, the government-run schools, it's Christian kids most often. Oh, yeah. You know, it's really weird. You don't hear about it because that's not not popular to talk about because it's okay to bully Christians. Yeah, it's okay to bully Christians. It's okay to bully anyone who doesn't agree with that agenda, even if they're not a Christian. It's like, okay, well, you don't agree with us, so we're going to bully you to try to force you into agreeing with us. And if you don't, it's going to become physical assault at that point because they're not getting what they want. And I think that's my biggest frustration is if it were the other way around, every Christian would be getting thrown in jail. But because it's not us who are doing the assaulting and the attacking. Yep. We're the ones that get basically thrown into the river and expected to drown. You said something very interesting, Travis, um, at the beginning of your your response here. And you said uh, people are intolerant of just sharing an opinion. You didn't say the gospel. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're very intolerant of the gospel. You just said an opinion that's different from theirs. Yep. So disagreement is not even welcome anymore. There's an intolerance by the preachers of tolerance, because they say that's one of the things you want to you want to really trigger a lefty. Just say, hey, uh, you know, when they say something about your faith or whatever, that what you should or shouldn't do, say, uh, so would you consider yourself a tolerant person? Right. Because they're going to have this conflict, this inner contradiction, because tolerance to the left is one of the one of the top virtues. Mm-hmm. Tolerance, but they know deep down if they're discriminated against you, showing you hate or 
or not allowing you to speak or do saying something about whatever you put on social media, they're not being tolerant. They know that. Great. So they can't say, well, yes, I consider your, myself a tolerant person. And then you've got them. You say, so, well, it doesn't seem like you're tolerating, tolerating my point of view. Great. It's just my point of view. I'm not forcing anything on you. I'm just sharing my heart. Yeah, it basically comes down to, okay, we can agree to not agree with each other and move on with everything, but yet only the people on one side are allowed to do that. The other side, no, if you don't agree, well, then you're the one who's wrong. You're the one who deserves to be beaten. You're the one who deserves to be attacked and punished for not agreeing with us. We've got uh, what I call that is DDS, Democrat double standards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Expose DDS. Um, oh, yeah, there's a ton, ton of hypocrisy on mm-hmm. the one side because they demand that this be okay, that it's okay that we agree to disagree, but yet they won't follow it themselves. So, Travis, back to the religious freedom issue. Um, did you learn when you were going through school? I know that this goes back to the textbook publishers, which, is all, which have always been changed and rewritten. They have often I – mean, they, they, how can you edit history? But they do. They do that. So – did you learn the truth about our founders and about religious freedom and why it's so important? And does that does that confuse you when you look at what's happening now? So I had a kind of different perspective in learning because I was homeschooled. I was homeschooled from first grade all the way through high school. Oh, so you did learn it. Okay. Yep. So I did have the opportunity to <laughs> learn it. But I also know those who were not homeschooled and they don't know about what the founding fathers had to do in order to establish our foundation, to establish our freedom, how they relied and trusted on God through everything. Mm. You know, they don't they don't know it, they don't understand it because it doesn't go along with what they were taught. If God has been removed from textbooks altogether, as far as they're concerned, there is no in God we trust on our, you know, money at all. There is no <laughs> I trust in God, you know, in the Pledge of Allegiance. There's nothing about God at all. Mm. And it's fading away more and more. You know, we're seeing it being slowly removed and replaced with one other word just to change the process of mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't know this, this sounds strange. And I hope you if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you're going to know what I mean by this. When the, the atheists and the God haters and um, the demoniacs wanted to get in God, we trust taken off of our money. You know, I don't care about that. Personally, it's money. Right. In God we trust. Do we really trust God with our money, in the, especially in—anyway, uh, that's for a whole other conversation. <laughs> but that's never—I mean, come on. Let, let them do it if they need to do that. I understand we should have it on there because it's a motto, but it's money. Uh, Jesus said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Um, anyway, we're going to take a break in just a few minutes. Um, we're going to talk about being a true social justice warrior when we get back. What does that mean? I've got— Pretty good article here from uh, American Family Association, Ed Vitagliano. Uh, So we'll get to that in just a minute. And um, I was going to share one more thing. A lot of people are really struggling, guys. A lot of people are struggling with what's happening, this talk of of another lockdown. I mean, we knew it was coming. We knew they were going to try that. The Democrats will do it. The globalists, the global socialists will do it. The left will stop at nothing to take complete control and try to break down the American economy and the capitalist system. We know that's the Great Reset. We know that's where this is going. But a lot of people are really, really struggling with this because isolation kills. People hate isolation. We were not meant to live by ourselves, isolated or stay away from human contact and human human beings. And this is kind of what they're in the masking up, right? Covering the image of God, mm-hmm. men, men and women, covering our faces, God's likeness. So every one of us, right, we're made in the image of God. We're, we're masking. We're hiding behind these. It's really, I've never, it's fascinating what's happening. So um, I just want to, there's an article I want to point you to over at um, Washington Watch or Family Research Council, FRC.org. It's called CDC, Why Mask? Uh, anyway, it's interesting. We'll, we'll, hopefully, if we have time, we'll get into that. But we've got to take a break and we come back. What is a true social justice warrior? Uh Uh-oh, you put a word in front of justice and it might not mean what you think it means. More when we come back in just a minute. 
Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. All right, guys, thank you so much uh, for bearing with my voice today. And uh, wow, what an adventure. But thank God it wasn't, wasn't COVID. And thank God it wasn't worse than what it was. And I'm just able to have the strength to sit here today. Although I probably I thought about Travis. I thought, man, he's got to go in for surgery in a couple weeks and he can't possibly get sick or anything. I probably should have thought about him and stayed home. But here I am. Here I am. Um, hang on just a second. <laughs> I say, I'm not too worried about uh, getting sick because I'm going to trust in God's grace with that, through everything. You know, he's already performed a great miracle on my life, and I'm just going to continue to keep my faith in him. Spoken like a true miracle man. Hey, um, it's interesting. Shouldn't we trust God and have faith in the maker of our bodies? He's given us these amazing immune systems. <clears throat> so I'm going to trust my God-given immune system. I'm going to do what I can, and I have. I mean, I, I punished myself. I, I managed just, just all the work and the traveling to the conference and back and just working just too much. I, and again, guys, I'm not going to tell you how old I am. You, some of you know. Um, I'm, I still haven't learned. We were talking about that. Travis and I were talking about that before we got on the podcast today. That we doesn't matter how old you are, there are lessons that are just hard to learn, and it takes something really uh, bad or difficult or nasty in order for you to finally say, okay, I'm not going to do that again. So you know what, guys? I would have just asked for your prayers, for wisdom. I was telling Travis, I need to learn, you think that I would know this by now, how to work smarter, not harder, meaning all the hours and just different things. It just seems like I'm I need to be more organized, too. So just could use your prayers for that because, um, anyway, I just want to give God uh, excellence. And sometimes when you're all scattered and trying to do too much, I think we're, we're kind of jipping God a little bit. What do you think about that? No, Have I you learned agree. that lesson? <laughs> yeah, a little bit younger uh, than David, but I definitely had to learn that lesson the hard way uh, just because of dealing with the different health issues that I have. Unfortunately, me— not learning how to work smarter and working hard nonstop is what caused all of the health issues that I have to accelerate and put me in the hospital multiple times. Can we talk about that? Um, I, and I know this podcast wasn't intended to turn into a health discussion, and we are going to get to this article, The True Social Justice Warrior. But So you, you, pretty, you either believe your doctors told you you already had certain conditions— and you were doing too much and you weren't taking care of yourself. And that really led to you getting into the ER and being hospitalized. If you don't know, if you're a new listener to the podcast, Travis was in a medically induced coma for over two weeks right. in the hospital. We, we didn't know if he was going to make it. We were praying. We were believing God. And here he is standing in the studio on the other side of this, uh, this uh, console. And I'm going, wow, it's still amazing when I see you in here and praise God because we were praying and so answered prayer. So share that, you know, you didn't even learn that lesson, and then I didn't learn it. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, you know, and the funny thing is, is that what I went through back in April and May isn't even the first major condition that I've dealt with. You know, I have a brain condition that uh, caused me to also end up in the hospital because it was causing me to have blackout seizures. Um, I went through a whole process of um, basically it was radiation surgery to deal with the spot in my brain that was causing all of that. Unfortunately, the radiation, there is always that possibility it was going to cause a swelling in the brain and cause other issues, which is what sent me to the hospital. Mm. And then I was on strong steroid medication for that, which accelerated other things. So it's like to treat one thing, it caused another. And then like David was saying, I was in a medically induced coma uh, back in April, beginning of May. And it was two weeks that I was in the coma. It was 14 days wow. exactly because of severe pancreatitis that shut down things like my kidneys, um, there was concern that I was having heart failure because of it, all sorts of issues. And honestly, when I woke up from the coma, I was terrified because I was somewhere that I never rec didn't recognize, never been before. My mom was right there to tell me where I was. Um, and then when she eventually told me that it had been two weeks, it was, it was overwhelming. It was insanely mm -hmm. overwhelming. But once I got through the terror of finding out everything, I was still able to turn that around with the guidance mm. of my mom and knowing about all the prayers and everything back to God mm. to be thankful that I made it through all that when they weren't sure that I was going to make That's it. That's right. 
And then on top of all that, I've recovered a lot faster than anyone expected. You know, within my first week back home, they weren't expecting me to be able to move around like I am today. You know, they said it could take months before I'd be able to walk on my own. I've been walking on my own for roughly <laughs> two months now. Well, you walked in the door here just to come by to say hello within a week, I think, yep. of getting out of the hospital. Like, it's just astounding. Um, so pancreatitis, how, did, how was that caused? I mean, because you had these other issues with brain and, and you, you, are you taking insulin? Yep, I am on insulin. I'm okay. actually on two different types of insulin okay. to help with um, all the blood sugar stuff. Since being out of the hospital, I actually don't have to take that much insulin anymore. Um, it's I have one that I take in the evenings before bed regularly, and then everything else is based on what my blood sugar level is, and it's been so much more under control since getting out of the hospital that it's not an issue. But uh, hmm. part of the reason for the pancreatitis was because my triglyceride levels were up in the 6,000 range. What's normal? Normal is more around like the 250. So I 250? Was, yeah. And your triglycerides were 6,000. Yep. Wow. And that's what caused all of these issues. And, you know, the sad thing is, is I've had triglyceride levels tested before. And you could already see that they were higher than they were supposed to be. But yet, for whatever reason, the doctors didn't catch on to it. And so it probably could have been prevented before it got to where it was which I'm not going to lie, that's a huge frustration for me because it's like my life has been thrown a total curveball mm. and the stuff had already been tested. So why didn't they see it? Why didn't we prevent everything from happening? Yeah. Um, so I've had to take the time to really learn um, from what the doctors are saying, educate myself on everything so that way I can prevent something like this from happening again. And don't overdo it and work too hard and uh, right. be too busy. You know, and I definitely still have not been perfect about that since being in the hospital. Mm. I've definitely had those days still where it's like, okay, a little too far. But thankfully, um, since being in the hospital, I did move back home just for help with getting through everything. My parents have been awesome with helping through. Um, realizing that, hey, I'm going too far. I need to mm. take a step back. Well, I'm, I'm just so blessed. God did a miracle. We are all witnesses of that miracle, and we, we're just praising God with you and, and for you, Travis. Oh, yeah. um, and I'm incredibly thankful for everyone who listens to Q90 and stand up for the truth for all the prayers and support. Cause I've run mm -hmm. into people who I have no idea who they are, but they know who I am because uh -huh. of all the prayer and support that you're they've Travis. been giving me. You're and, the miracle uh, man. Yeah. And it's incredibly humbling and a little overwhelming too. Cause it's like, wow, people really were standing there alongside yeah. my family, friends, yeah. coworkers, yeah. praying that I'd get through everything. Amazing. So one thing I've wanted to ask you when you woke up, after being in the coma for two weeks or more, did you, are you, okay, once you come to terms with, okay, I'm in the hospital, you can see that and kind of understand. Did you remember that, didn't you drive yourself to the hospital? Um, I did not drive myself to the hospital. Oh, okay. I was in so much pain from the stomach pain with everything that I actually ended up calling an ambulance at two in the morning. Oh, wow. Um, I, don't, I didn't remember that. Yeah, because at that point, I was in so much pain, I had a higher chance of being in a car accident because of it than anything else. Wow. And even though my friends lived upstairs from me, he was probably home and could have taken me, my thought was just call an ambulance because the fire department was right next to my apartment at the time, too, so I knew they'd be there right away. <laughs> um, but no, so I did not drive myself. I, so, but did you remember when you woke up, did you remember what happened and that you were taken to the hospital? Um, to some extent, I do remember making the call. I remember them coming and picking me up and the trip out to the hospital. Um, I remember getting put into a room and the actual diagnosis of having pancreatitis. Other things, it kind of hit or miss if I remember it. Apparently, and there is proof of it that I texted my mom, told her what was going on about everything. Um, so she knew I was in the hospital and... Um, there is, you know, she said at some point that she was going to, that she had tried to call and couldn't get a hold of me and just figured I was sleeping cause I hadn't slept at that point. Um, but apparently what actually had happened is I had started throwing up and went very delusional, became very violent. Mm. I don't remember any of that. I remember wow. throwing up and then it kind of fades into the black for me. Wow. And after that, I don't remember anything till I woke up from the coma. Wow. Well, um, I'm sure you've read a lot of your mom's posts. Oh yeah, and the roller coaster that she was on, but she never lost faith. Nope, man. I that said, I am incredibly thankful for my mom, Mama Bear, taking that stand. And yep, because 
I think if it wasn't for her, I may not be standing here having this conversation. Wow. Well, Mom, I hope you're listening. If uh, you know, you, she'll listen later. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, thanks, brother. Thanks for sharing all that. Um, I, you know, I just trying to go with the Holy Spirit this morning, and, and, and instead of going with what what I teased earlier, um, yeah, I, I just want to encourage you um, if you're listening. And you've got some health issues, and everyone, everyone's been through something. I just want to encourage you that um, God's got this. That doesn't mean he's going to take away the pain. Mm-hmm. But this life is but a vapor. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word stands forever. Jesus' words will be forever. And so that's where we put our faith, our hope. In this timeline of eternity in 2021, we are in just a, a fraction of, of this timeline of history, and if Jesus doesn't return in the next, I don't know how many decades, we'll be gone. We, we will die. And what does Ecclesiastes, in fact, let me go over there right now. I just looked at that this morning. <laughs> this is maybe what some people need to hear. Um, my point is I just really want to encourage you guys to recognize um, um, pain stinks and trials in life stink, but Jesus said, um, in me you will have peace but in this world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. And then he said, take heart. I have overcome the world. But in Ecclesiastes 7, this is interesting. Before I, I read this, one of my favorite verses that I've got implanted on my cranium is Psalm 90, verse 12, which says, Teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom and redeem the time. That means it's just today. All we have is today. What are we going to do with it? We're not guaranteed tomorrow, next week, next year, 10 years from now. If Jesus doesn't return, we'll be in the ground. Our spirits will be in heaven, and uh, we'll be gone. Um, Then we'll get resurrected bodies when the Lord returns. Glorified bodies, praise God. But um, this this life, it's hard, and I know a lot of people go through much worse than what I've gone through, and maybe even much worse than, than what Travis has gone through. But guys, you keep believing. Never give up. Never give up believing in God and trusting in him. He has us here for now for a reason, for his purposes. So Ecclesiastes 7, fascinating. It says, A good name is better than good oil, and the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. Wait a minute. What, what, what do they mean by that? It says, It's better to go to a house of mourning, in other words, to a funeral, than to go to a house of feasting, a party, a celebration. Why? Because that is the end of every person, death. And the living takes it to heart. It is a perspective check, reminding us that we are but frail flesh, we are human. And um, there's, I think there's Psalm uh, 73 says, My flesh and my heart may, might fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And so this reminds us when someone dies, especially if they're a believer, I think only if they're a believer, if they die without the Lord, that's grief, man. That is grief. Um, But if they die with the Lord, knowing the Lord Jesus, we've got an amazing hope and an amazing future, and we can celebrate. Yes, we're going to miss that person, but celebrate. So it's better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting. And it says, sorrow is better than laughter. For when a face is sad, a heart may be happy. And then it says, verse 4, The mind of the wise is in the house of mourning, while the mind of fools is in the house of pleasure. Wow. What are we programmed to in America, in the United States of entertainment, to, to, to seek after? Pleasure. Self-seeking. Just our, our best life now, Right. The house of pleasure, what does the Bible say? The mind of the wise is in the house of mourning, because then you'll have that perspective. Because this life is frail and it's but for a moment. We have to seize the moment and take advantage of the time that we're here. The, while the mind of fools is in the house of pleasure. And so going back to verse 2, it's better to go to a funeral than to a party or celebration, because every person is going to die unless Jesus returns first. And whoever is left here after someone dies, we are to have that perspective check. We are, as it says, the living will take it to heart. 
when someone dies, saying that's a reminder, the way of all flesh. Study that sometime, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Well, Travis, I don't think we're going to get into um, the true social justice warrior Great. here. I think we're going to have to push that. But I gave you the article link. It's, it's over at American Family Association, afa.net, afa.net on their um, website where it says the stand. They've got different sections of their website, American Family Association. This is on the stand, and it's called The True Social Justice Warrior, if you want to look it up. Otherwise, we'll probably get into it later this week. But I just thought I sensed the Holy Spirit was going somewhere different today because we couldn't get a hold of our our guest out in California, and I was hacking to begin the podcast, and that probably didn't sound good. But um, I'm getting better, and, and Travis is going in for surgery in a couple weeks. Yep, on, on next Monday. On next Monday. Yep. Wow, that that came up fast. It did. It came up very fast. So your shoulder. Yep. Shoulder issues. You've had those for a while. Yep. As I, I had all that before being in the hospital and uh, <laughs> the, all the scans that they were doing to figure out what was wrong with me, life-wise, discovered what could possibly be wrong with my shoulder. And yeah, I have a. It's not full shoulder replacement surgery, but it's at least a partial shoulder replacement on Monday. Okay, one thing that I haven't asked you in a while, and maybe you don't know, you have to check with your mom, but what about your bills? Hospital bills, finances, is insurance covering a lot of what you went through in the hospital, or where are you at, and are, should can people help? Um, excuse me. Uh, so, you know, a lot of stuff is still being processed with insurance. I'm actually in the process of getting in touch with um, a financial rep at the hospital to kind of figure everything out uh, right now. Uh, bills sit over a quarter of a million, um, wow. as far as everything goes. And mm. there's, you know, they've given us a breakdown of where the expenses came from and everything. And, uh, it's crazy, you know, and we're, like I said, we're still, there's stuff that hasn't been processed insurance wise yet. We're wow. still waiting for confirmation on stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Um, but at the same time, God's provided mm. in so many other ways. I'm, going to trust that he's going to provide this way too. Okay. And well, I think that's another thing um, that it's good for people to remember is you're not always going to have the strength to get through what you are facing. But if you're turning to God, he's always going to provide that strength to get through it. Hmm. Praise God, Travis. We will definitely keep, well, I'm asking you to keep us posted. We want to know how we can help. We have a lot of generous listeners and donors. By the way, before we get to our break, a shout-out to a new listener from Ireland. Ooh, nice. Yes, I got email contacting us from Ireland, so God bless you, brother. And I've uh, got one, some, a couple in Cal- or, uh, Canada, and uh, there was another country. I don't remember if it was Mexico. But anyway, praise God we're, we're getting the podcast out there. When we come back after this break, we're going to be talking with John Ahern of Hancock, New York talking a little bit about the black robed regiment and why it matters and why we should try bringing it back is it are we running out of time i think we are but we'll see what happens in just a minute on stand up for the truth thank you for listening and sharing today's show via standupforthetruth.com slash podcast now back to stand up for the truth here's david fiorazzo now we turn our focus to the east coast we've got a brother on the line who is a, a patriot He's a bold brother in Christ, and he is trying to do what God has put on his heart to try to awaken, maybe not the remnant necessarily, but the body of Christ, those who will still listen, and maybe even to reach people that uh, don't know the true history about the black-robed regiment. John Ahern, welcome to Stand Up for the Truth, brother. Thank you. Thank you, David. Um, As I said, uh, just been this burning fire in me, you know, because when I share the gospel, when I can, I, it's a bittersweet thing. Mm. Bitter because I know there's so many that are unsaved, especially in my family. Yeah. But sweet because we, you know, by the grace of God, we know the end of the story. Yes, amen. So this event was, was impressed upon me, having, uh, actually last year, when I first got in contact with um, Andrew for the Truth, because of the Liberty uh, Pastors Conference. Amen. Praise God. And, oh, as a matter of fact, Dan Fisher will be up this way in Pennsylvania, which I'm right on the border. Oh. Um, yeah, I think it's October 9th, and then he'll be speaking at a church called Jackson Baptist in, uh, in PA, and that's the event I'll be going to. So you get to meet um, him. But Yeah, I hope so. Great brother. Uh, Great brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. The pastor at the church, 
he was one of the remnant that showed up at this event hmm. on the 24th. And I, you know, I got mixed reviews, and like I text you, I think as soon as I get the DVDs, I'm, I'm going to send you a copy, and later on perhaps you can text, text me the address to the, to the studio. Sure. But in any event, it, it, it was a miracle that it happened because the guest speaker, and I'm not going to use names, um, he calls me up the night before telling me uh, he has some sort of medical issue with his stomach. So um, the winds got taken out of the sail because there were so many curveballs, or, or I don't want to call everything an attack from Satan, but the gentleman that was going to set up the PA system, he begged off. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the help that the, the only help I was getting was from a pastor an hour away up in um, Oneonta, New York, New City Church, Pastor Tim Warman. Mm-hmm. He was he was a he was a deep encouragement. My wife because. When this individual calls, I, I was so so devastated. I even called the videographer that night because it was around midnight, and I told him to forget it. Uh, then the early the next morning, I called Pastor Tim Warman, told him to forget it. But then I got a call from my son, and I was telling him I was going to forget it. And he told you know he said, "But you've done so much preparation." So I said, "Excuse me, I had to hang up," and I called everybody back. And I said, no, let's run with it. The pastor, Tim Warmoth, was the was another speaker there. And I actually got up and, and spoke. And I remember texting with you about using your book. But I, I never got that far. I did order 40 copies. <laughs> Thank you. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. I still got about 20, unfortunately. And, you know, I put all that stuff out during the event. And I'm not so sure. When you get the DVD, please give me your critique. Yeah. <laughs> well, John, let me ask you this. What was the event called, and what was oh. your what was the focus and the the f- mission, so to speak, of the event? The event was called "We the People Underneath That the Gathering" because mm-hmm. I was hoping to pray. I was praying that maybe with the ministers who never showed up, uh-huh. and I've been asking them for months if we could do some type of if I could do some type of a training. I don't have a degree, but I have a lot of teaching series. Mm-hmm. especially from Billy Crone at the end of all his teachings, he gives a gospel presentation. No takers, of course. But I, we the people, because it's time for not just, not just the nation, but for the church. Mm. You have to wake up. The, the Black Robe Regiment was really quite an inspiration behind this. And one of the speakers, you know, couldn't make it. So we had, as a matter of fact, um, even, like I said, the, the day of the event, I mean, I was up since 6 o'clock. If it wasn't for a gentleman, um, the PA system wouldn't have got hooked up. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I threw him a few bucks. And his name is Tony. He's uh, suffering with cancer, listening to Travis and the miracle that God is working in his life. I just want to quickly mention him and the Mishpaha, the radio audience. Put him up in prayer, and then a very good neighbor suffering with cirrhosis of the liver. Hmm. So I would hope people would lift those two up in prayer. But going back to the event, um, there were perhaps people on the perimeter that I couldn't see. But the important thing was, uh, after I got off the phone, my brother called everybody back to and that was the day of. It was like the Spirit of the Lord was saying to me, John, are you doing this for yourself or for me? And no, it's for you, Lord. Wow. So Let, let's let's stop yeah. right there. John, stop right there. That's such an important point. I want to make sure that a lot of people that are listening don't miss that. When God says, Are you doing this? Whatever your work is, whatever your ministry, whatever your efforts are to try to bear fruit, God asks us, Are you doing this for me or are you doing this for yourself? That is a powerful and very profound uh, question. So go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, like I said, when my son, and we, you know, of all people, pray for him, too, because, you know, he's a prodigal son. But when he said that to me, it was like, that's when it clicked in my brain. Wait a minute. So, like I said, I called everybody back, and, you know, we went through with it. Uh, prior to that, I mean, I'm going to have to talk to you off the air because there's so much I want to share with you. Okay. We've been talking for a while, <laughs> but, um, and I don't want to use names. But, um... One event was I, I went to uh, one of these Bible studies in town, 
And I was sharing your book because the study hadn't started. The pastor hadn't showed up. Well, I don't know where I got in, in the introduction. Two of the people stood up and one walked out. And I, I couldn't understand it. Where was Apparently this? He ran into, this was in Hancock. This was a, a church. And um, So wait a minute. Wait, I, want, I, I want to make sure the, the listeners got this picture. J- John is reading portions of my book, Canceling Christianity. The introduction. The introduction. And in a church, and, and people walked out when you were reading that. Now, what, was this a Bible study? Was this a meeting? What kind of a, uh, setting yeah, was that? It, Yes, it was a oh, I know it was a Bible study in the Book of Revelations, but it hadn't started yet. And so I asked, I said, "Would you mind?" So I started reading the introduction. Oh my goodness! And they walked out. One did. Two stood up, and then one, uh, one sat back down. And apparently, as he was leaving, he bumped into the pastor. The pastor was livid when he got downstairs. You know, uh, and and I had met him months ago because he's a Methodist pastor. And he talked about, we, we agreed how spiritually dead it was up there. And mm. he, t- he, he was, I, I thought, the guy that I'd be able to, you know, stand alongside and, and, show, and show these DVD series, just like I did with the event. Yeah. Make them flyers, put it in your church bulletin. Now, that was four or five months ago. And then I would call these guys, e- even the brothers, so-called brothers. No responses. Putting out your program, you know, via text. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, he's livid, and he's telling me, he says, you know, we're not political. I, I don't know where I got to reread your introduction. Oh, it's political. Just, uh oh, it's the the. Oh yeah, it's the great debate. Are we talking about biblical and moral issues, or are we talking about political issues? And oftentimes, it's one in the same. Go ahead, John. Exactly. Exactly, Dave. They're inseparable. This is what I've been trying Amen. to get across. I mean, they closed your church. They closed the churches down. That's right. We can put the Bible aside. They're violating your constitutional rights. Mm-hmm. And this was the time the churches needed to be open. Yeah, and look God, what's happening yes. in Canada. Hmm. Look what's happening all over the all over the place. But listen, we who know better. This has been foretold. But what I remember, I probably this comment didn't get me too much. Uh, Leeway, I, I don't know how to put it, but I was getting so frustrated. I told them, uh, you guys need to get your heads out of the sand. I wanted to use the anatomy of a body. I didn't. The Lord checked me on that. but That's the fruit I, of self-control. I don't self-control. think I've been harsh. Yeah. I don't think I've been harsh. Hmm. And, and COVID-19, when, when that occurred, Dave, I talked to these ministers, so we got lost communication, iPhones, we can have conference calls, Zoom calls. Can't we block off five minutes a day to petition the throne of God? Not one taker. Hmm. I, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, and then I listen to you, the passion that you're talking about, and others, you know, the, the Jan Martels, the Jack Hibbs, hmm. Amir Safadi. Uh, you know what? I want to ask you a question. Sure. You know, Not at all. Do you remember um, the Million Man March on the Washington Monument some years back with Louis Farrakhan? Yes, I do. Louis Farrakhan, uh, by the way. Yes. Yeah, and what I'm surprised about is why the body of Christ doesn't do something like that. Not, not necessarily a march. Just gather there. Our voices need to be heard. And I remember Billy Crone saying, at least uh, you know, I haven't confirmed it, but Numerically, we uh, were twelve to one. You know, as far as believers are concerned. Well, put believers in quotes, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's you know, but you know, it's been foretold. I, I stopped saying you can't make this up. Instead, I used the phrase "it's been foretold." And and this event, um, especially all the things leading up to it, really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. I already knew some of it. I really didn't expect a big turnout, and I didn't care. I wasn't doing it for a turnout. And all I can do is um, hope that the video, <laughs> my brother had told me, he says, I, I don't know why we give this to the pastors up here. <laughs> hmm. They might be coming out in front of your house to burn it down. I don't know. I, I want, you know, once you get it, 
you got my number. You know, let me know what you think. The pastor that came from PA, wow. he was very encouraging. It was the first time I ever spoke like that. Hmm. Well, John, uh, we got to go in, in a minute, but praise God for you, brother. Um, uh, don't lose heart because there will be people that will be energized, and it, they might not even let you know right away. But but God's working on their hearts. Same thing with this podcast. I trust. I don't see who's listening. I can't see through the microphone and through the, the radio or the computer or the iPhone. I can't see. But I know. I trust that God is using it to impact the people he needs to impact and wants to. And I pray for yes. open hearts. And I pray in Jesus' name that we would be able to talk about you know, how, how we can get this boldness. And, well, back in the pulpits of America, now we're talking about the Black Robe Regiment again, yes. but the pulpits— Remember uh, Alexis de Tocqueville said the difference in America was not in the mm-hmm. economy, the government, the political system, the culture. The difference in America was the churches. And he said that the pulpits were aflame with righteousness. Aflame, yeah. aflame. Romans 12, 12, I believe, says, be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And Jesus, you know what he said about being hot or cold? Um, in other words, we're, we're lukewarm many times. So we've got mm-hmm. to really try to, to keep fighting no matter what other people think, no matter any of the discouragement it, and the enemy's attacks, and he will attack. But let's just keep plugging away. John, thank you for uh, your efforts and what you're doing. Uh, I pray that we will continue to uh, just be in touch and, and try, to, try to work on uh, whatever absolutely. God wants us to work on. What's that? I said absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're the only, aside from you, uh, it's, it's sad that I have, to, you know, J.B. Hickson. He was one that constantly uh, would text every now and then. Yep, he's a great brother. And yet, yet I, I can't get a minute from anyone in my own locale. Wow. Wow, and J.B.'s in Colorado. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, John, it's thank it. you, brother. we gotta, we got to run. got to take a break. Um, when we come back, okay. we'll let, let you know what you can expect the rest of the week on Stand Up For The Truth, including a special Liberty Pastors podcast on Wednesday. Keep it right here. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. All right, tomorrow I believe you're going to hear from Terry James. Got some great books out, including Lawless. And on Wednesday, the Patriot Pastors podcast from Liberty Pastors Three interviews I did down in Oklahoma. Dan Fisher, Black Robe Regiment. Segment two, Dran Reese of the Salt and Light Council. And segment three, Daniel Nevejas. He's with an organization called AFS Abortion Free States. So that's on Wednesday. Thursday, Tim Thompson, a pastor in California who's bucking the tide at uh, meetings and, and public school, or yes, council meetings on uh, the enforcement of masks. J.B. Hickson, speaking of. He'll be with us on Friday. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.